Welcome back to Fragling with Serafino. I apologize for the quality of the audio in this recording. I hope you enjoy it. Anyway. In this episode, we meet Zachary of Psychosomatic, uh, who takes us on a journey to there and back. I hope you enjoy. Oh, nice. Hello. Hi, Zachary. Welcome. Do you hear that noise? What am I hearing? Is that me? Um, what, what does the noise sound like? Whenever you speak, it's a clicking, very quick and repeated. Now say something. Oh, it stopped. Oh, okay. It's probably connected to the supply because my phone is plugged in. Oh. Because I bought a... Well, first, let me introduce you. Um, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Fraggling with Serafina. This is my friend, Zachary, from Psychomagic, and he's going to be spending some time with us this evening. And yes, I have a whole bunch of audio equipment that I don't seem to know how to work properly. So the mic and the this and the that and the... And I still Look. end up just using my phone. Right. Yeah. I need some professional help. Maybe <laughs> I'll ask Joe to come help. <laughs> to come <Right>. help me. <laughs> I'm not the one, honestly. <laughs> Technology has been wild for me recently. Really? How so? In every way possible. I'm trying to integrate it, um, but, you know, they say that uh, we're electric, you know, magnetic beings ourselves, so who knows? Maybe my energy is just too wild in uh, my interactions with technology, but... You think you're like um, tripping things off? I don't know that it's me, actually, but <laughs> I will gladly take the blame. <laughs> <laughs> I feel well, like electricity is almost like kind of like how non physical beings can communicate through us or through plants. They. Mm-hmm can mess with our technology as well and I think that they like it you're talking about the fae <laughs> the fae oh yes of course you know ancestors loved ones mm-hmm. right pay attention to me <laughs> any of them any I mean to all of us you know who knows to what extent our interactions with just like these physical objects are 
purely physical. I don't. <laughs> right. Right, because if it is, um, I think it was, was it Immanuel Kant, the philosopher that said, I think therefore I am. And therefore, I, I don't think he was the one that came up with the analogy of, the, um, I think it was someone else, um, that we are ev essentially brains in a vat and uh, hooked up to a computer. Interesting. I think that was a few hundred years ago. I think that was during the Renaissance. You know, I don't know about that, honestly. But I have heard it referred to as like we are like how single-celled organisms became multicellular uh, things. <laughs> organisms. <laughs> we things, are yeah, yeah beginning to connect with one another and forming a network of maybe being a larger thing. Right. Through an electrical network. Perhaps. Essentially. Or even a brain or a nervous system. Or... Because our, because the human body has an electrical system. Right. Uh, it is... They have an electrical system and the chemical system in the body, which is basically charged with running the body, um, is dependent on the electrical one. Absolutely. It all is. Yeah, because the heart pumps from the two electrical nodes, the AV node and the SA node, right? So that's how it the, the spark goes off there. Um, and so that's how the heart pumps. But the, the chemical uh, reactions that goes on in the body, in the, the intracellular chemical reactions that go on there, that um, are basically the mechanisms for daily living, for the successful... Um, generation of energy um, just basically to keep the body alive is completely and totally based on a healthy and functioning electrical system in the body. For sure. And yeah, I even feel and have been exploring this connection between like electricity and the magnetism, like our own bodies of magnetic field or right. even the Earth's magnetic field and electrical mm -hmm. currents and how that relates to gravity, um, sound, and emotion, and light. Like photons right. are tied directly with electricity. They so are? This, yeah. I mean, you know, electricity, it's, when you see it, you see it, right? Mm -hmm. Right, of course. And I, I never thought about it because generally, um, when I think photon, I think photon. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm laughing at myself because I hear, I know what it is you're talking about with photons and atoms and neutrons uh -huh. and all that. But as soon as I hear the word photon, 
I think photon torpedoes, James T. Kirk, uh, Jean-Luc Picard, and the whole story. Uh, multiverse. See, you're just trying to make me seem illiterate. I I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to make (laughs) you illiterate. (laughs) No idea. Second reference gone. No idea. You have no idea who James T. Kirk is. Okay, like, yeah, that rings a bell. Um, I have seen one of the Star Trek movies. But I was on a date. Oh, God. The movies, so, uh, the movies, no, the movies are not Star Trek. It's the series. Yeah, the movie was anything okay, to the, uh, speak of. Yeah, the, I, the movies were a thing, um, a failed thing. The series is really where it is, the series. It's something I would totally be into. I love sci-fi space exploration all of that I, you know I'm just sitting down to do it I've never seen Star Wars either it isn't so but I'm a liar oh, oh, my god. <laughs> oh my god yeah I, I know I, 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 I'm shocked I'm shocked I'm shocked. I, it's like I'm saving it for a rainy day. It must be. Know. It it has to be. It has to be. Um, because Star Trek and Star Wars has influenced scientific thought, religious thought, spiritual theories. I don't doubt that at all. And that speaks to another belief, I guess, that I have about, you know, the creative consciousness that flows through us. Right. Because I think Star Wars was completely channeled. It was a channeled alternative life experience. This was a galactic um, being um, who was basically reliving his experiences to me because it is so for 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 so many of the people that I know that have had um, the experience of remembering and recalling their galactic existences so much ties in with the Star Wars universe the federation ties in perfectly with the galactic federation oh. uh, the mandate um, of ensuring that you know first contact there's a whole list of criteria I'm getting chills there's a whole list of criteria for first contact by the federation um, that the alien species needs to fulfill. So they have to reach a certain evolutionary point before the Federation can actually move in because the prime directive is to not influence the evolution of the species. So they observe and they wait 
until that alien race has reached a certain maturity and then they initiate first contact and invite them to join the Federation. That was a part of that Star Trek movie that I Mm -hmm. saw the first few moments of. And that is the whole premise of Star Trek. The, this galactic federation um, of different types of beings living together yet their each unique identity is preserved they are not assimilated into one race being culture each individual culture is celebrated and allowed to prosper in itself yet they can coexist in a federation which is Alien to us. (laughs) But which is where we want to be, right? That is the 5D. That is the 6D. That is, yeah. You know, that is something that uh, I don't think is talked about enough in the whole idea of unity consciousness. But I think a part of that, um, you know, that sort of duality i guess of this homogenization of consciousness retaining and enjoying that uh separateness Mm -hmm. individuality i think is so integral and why that sort of journey of the fae has resonated so much with me that as you told me you know that enjoyment of the drama and the uh, the separateness. That's the way we truly create in density. Right. And the only way we can know any kind of peace is through fully embodying our own. Unique. Uniqueness. Mm-hmm. To fully embody our uniqueness, absolutely. And unity consciousness, get me because I I never (laughs) it is, right? Um I never I always forget which D that is. Unity consciousness is five D, right? Um and 6D is... No, 6D is unity consciousness. No. I would say the nature is. of... Con- it's like, that's one. Like, the first, you know, it's the only, the all. Um, right. That's 8D. That's 8D? I have no... I always no lose track. Idea. I always lose track of the numbers. I, I, I always lose track of the numbers. I know that we have gotten uh we are well past 4d downloads well past 5d downloads uh a lot of people are getting the, uh, getting their 60 downloads and have been since what october um so but yeah I, so the d's the and d's. then that is yeah the d's i i we all love D. That density. 
exactly. But I, I, okay, so let's just move past that one because I always struggle as to where, which D. No, okay. I know which D it is, but I, I'm not quite sure what the D actually means. You know? So there's multiple. So we have dimensionality. Right. Is, and then we have density. Two, right. So they're kind of inverse. Right. Because the higher density would be the lower dimensions. Being heavier. Oh. Yeah, like a right. thicker. To an extent. So, because consciousness right. is still separate from density. And we actually, you know, may have been at a higher consciousness dimensionality and still at a lower, well, even at a higher, uh, no, yeah, at a lower density. Right. So you can be in the three-dimensional reality, but in a four-density consciousness The third dimension, for it to be experienced at all, you it requires the fourth dimension, the fourth right. density. Yeah, it's, I guess that is right. Right, yeah, because it requires the fourth density because the fourth density is mm -hmm. uh, the ethers, right? But the fourth dimension is time and space. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Right. Moving across it, it's the experience. Like 3D, it would be the ability to perceive. And then the fourth... So I'm thinking third, see, there would be the third density would be right. the ability to perceive a creation at all, which is why I don't think that we've had any kind of real interaction outside of that sort of oneness beyond the first or second dimension. But I mean, I'd have to tap in. I always like start whenever I was first like tapping into sort of like, you know, that sort of broader intelligence is where I would always get taken is mm -hmm. like first it was that everything and then the everything and the calling forth of that everything, which you could call like a void, but it's more like a vacuum sucking that in. Right. Right. Okay. I got you. The primordial soup. And then the the space between uh so you could the have space this between. sort of exchange right of, right of the light and the dark or the you know mm -hmm. the force mm -hmm. and the vacuum mm -hmm. all day long and it would be perfect and there'd be no reason to really live that so then there's like this cosmic shredder that comes in, which I've been, I guess, considering like a vortex of some sort, but it's like this, it sort of separates it all into chaos, plays it out everywhere so that it seems like there's this random randomness to it. 
but it's there's really this you know sort of that basic intelligence behind all of it that comes in um i'm sorry i thought i think Larkin, mm -hmm. that's Dr. Isabel Stevens from the TV show Grey's Anatomy. Um, she is a multidimensional being beyond my understanding. And she's trying to tell me that I'm just talking out of my ass right now. And uh, <laughs> she's very good at cutting LVAD wires and calling people on their bullshit. So <laughs> you lost me at the shredder part. I must right. say. That's, that is something that I'm trying to really understand. It's kind of like, so whenever you have like a really heavy object, it mm -hmm. breaks the time-space reality, like punctures through it. It's a black hole, right? Mm -hmm. And where does that matter go? And there's this thing about this, like, and it's so funny because I was actually writing about this this morning and still couldn't really get to the bottom of it but like a vortex is a natural result of this sort of rebalancing of pressure right and I so it's sort of like those things that are absorbed into this black hole are redistributed to the very fabric of reality to support the expansion of the universe so that's the sweater right um, and it's directly tied to somehow the the projection because we are our own sort of shredder and in that inverse is the projection out of the reality around us and I don't know how it's like this whole toroidal field thing that we're sort of playing about and that relates back to the sci-fi thing somehow to like teleportation or faster than light travel this um this movement of consciousness and energy to where it needs to go let me sit with that for a while yeah, I mean, like, years. I really have no idea. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, some, there's some seeds in there, some nuggets in there, but right. I uh, I need to get my head around the language. It's, me too. I mean, there's no words. I just, like, I see it. It's collapsing, but that's how the, you know, expansion occurs. And we're all right. constantly generating consciousness by assigning meaning to the light splayed around us as filtered by our genetic filters genetic perceivers i guess and we are tied you know to this sort of physical impression of form that you know behind the scenes our consciousness chose before this incarnation but it's like written in the dna like on a scientifically traceable level 
And it's like, that's like, it almost is like deciding what information we will encounter in order to evolve. And to what extent do we, you know, choose, like we get the choice in like the meaning that we give in this experience, which in turn does affect the replication of the genetic material but that's an algorithm what you're describing if i'm not mistaken that's an algorithm a series of code um that is self-evolving uh based on what it encounters Ooh, this is some high science. I, I yeah, I, have no, I hate science, as you can tell. <laughs> or else I might have some language. I do know that there is something on like the in the genetic protein whatever polymerase chain reaction thing that is photosensitive. There's something about that in there, and I do like believe that light has that capability of carrying information which is why we use like crystals and telephones and storing memory um, and that's related to the sort of electromagnetic field thing that uh... and then my brain's like also trying to figure out is it like the friction of the radiation of the sun as we like fly across space time that generates this sort of you know field around the earth or is it you know it's like something to do with the sun but then you know the other planets also have this sort of effect on our on our gravity which exists outside of our comprehension at the moment but i believe that it's sort of the gravity is directly related to that sort of vortexual action that generates energy somehow. Mm. You have no idea. Can I scream? Because the earth itself is the genetic material. And like it's almost like the sun is generating that much meaning, <laughs> assigning that meaning to so many different what have yous that allows. such a such a light it's like the there's some sort of collision you know that like sparks it's like the coming together of two points mm -hmm. that um yeah no idea 
and then I'm expected to just move about daily life with um, these thoughts in my head and uh, (laughs) I have no idea so this is stuff that you see you feel so yeah I do see some of it um, and like this visual in the ethers, I guess you could mm-hmm. call it. Like physically outside. It's not in my brain um, first, I guess you could say. Like I see it when I see it outwardly, then mm-hmm. I sort of understand certain <clears throat> aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's funny because, like, from transurfing, I saw it first as like a pendulum swinging back right. and forth. But it's really like spinning, um, you know, in another dimension, sort of, not just like side to side, but. No, well, side to side is, uh, side to side uh, would, uh, seems unnatural. Well, it's just to, it's like to get our, from, you know, a lower dimensional perspective as right. we mostly exist in mm-hmm. understanding like that sort of swinging because we do have that sort of duality and then right. really expanding and seeing it as this sort of spinning zoetrope of like moment to moment sort of slides and then we change the direction of that spinning based on the meaning we give things but it's you know still our DNA like our DNA is almost affected by that that meaning that we give things because that's how we sort of slowly switch our our viewpoint but then that um it's like i saw it as uh someone jumping rope and there's two well first i saw a cross and this sort of like next vision it was like a like a telephone wire it was very interesting almost like a christian cross but Mm -hmm. you know just this is like symbolically just sort of lend me on my way towards this uh, broader idea it had a person jumping rope and it's like double dutch and then everywhere that the two ropes which were going um in equally opposite directions like sine waves everywhere they passed each other there would be a point of that connection Mm-hmm. boom 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 and you know telephone wires connection and then the meaning that we give things sort of like what we're witnessing it it was like this dna strand that the person sort of jumping through but it it twirls around them into that vortexual sort of thing um back into that sort of zoetrope that's a that is, I know what that is. A that is, field? It's what's it called? A something arc. Oh, I it's called a uh, something arc. Oh gosh, ooh, ooh, ooh. I did a, I, I did some metaphysical classes, and that is called a, that is called an arc. A particular, uh, I forget what it is. 
And it is exactly that movement of the two ropes. And each point is a point of connection. And it is an equally opposite movement. And it surrounds the human body and is attached to the uh, cosmic DNA. Interesting. Far out, Zach. Well, that's just what I'm I saw. Go and and I'm going to go and look for that. I'm going to go and I'm going to look go and look for that. Oh, what is the name of that? It's something arc. Yeah. I have no idea. And something arc movement. Yep, yep, yep. I remember one of um one of those far out metaphysical classes I was taking was talking about it. Yeah. Well, it's good to know. You're mm-hmm. less likely to think I'm schizophrenic now. I never I mean, thought you were schizophrenic. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I never thought you were schizophrenic. I know a heck of a lot of sane people. A heck of a lot of sane people. The people that I question that have mental health issues, uh, you're not one. Oh my God, thank you. Well deserved. You're not one. I think um, uh, uh, unhealthy mental states is essentially um, more akin to um, delusions of grandeur. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Narcissism. Uh, Disconnection from the human uh, collective from the emotional body. Uh, those types of things. Seeing and hearing things in the ethers is, to me is... It's natural. Yeah, I think so. Well, it's the future. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Huh. I think... Um, I think... Crazy people are people who do things that they don't want to do, um, even though nobody tells them that they're supposed to do it. I'm sure there's a little bit of that in all of us. (laughs) That's a crazy person. Doing something that you really don't want to do. Nobody tells you that you have to do it, but... You do it anyway, even though you don't want to do it. That's a little crazy. But we digress. Well, there's this. Maybe that, okay. I'm taking that back. I'm taking that back because (laughs) if I don't take that back, then there are definitely some incidents in my life where I was kind of like out of my tree. Like batshit crazy. So I'm taking that one back. I don't know what crazy is. We're all saying 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're all saying um, it's a it's a continuum about how sane or how less sane or how more sane you are, but we're all sane. Let's go with that one. Take that back. There we are. I'm burning time. You're burning time. Mm-hmm. How's it smell? Lovely. Yes, I like love tomorrow. It. <laughs> <laughs> I love to burn rosemary and pine leaves, and I recently started burning bay leaves. Mm. It's so much nicer than sage. Yeah, sage is so overrated. Totally. I have some pine needles drying at your command. <laughs> at my advice. <laughs> How was the solstice for you today? It was brilliant. It was wonderfully sunny outside which was just so appropriate and i explored a little bit of kentucky as i won't be here much longer and connected even with an old friend and i forgot about the planetary conjunction going on which reminds right, me yes. to look outside for the star Saturn and jupiter indeed can you see it from Kentucky? I haven't even looked it up. And I meant to be looking outside leading up, but I totally forgot like that that was happening so quickly. Everything is just rushing in right now. Sneaking up on me. Yeah, well it's been it's been it's been up for it's been uh less than one degree for a few hours. I think it started around two AM today. So, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been working its, its, its thing. It's been doing its thing all day while we were asleep and when we started our days. My day started at started about 3 a.m. Really? You got up at 3 a.m.? Yes. I fell asleep early yesterday and I woke up at 3.16. And I remember that because that Bible verse, John 3.16. And I was thinking this morning about the sun and um, that pressure shift of a vortex that might be, you know, within our own energy fields. Because it's like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son or whatever. Which, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Bible, even if it does say nice things. Um, the idea of a broader perspective sort of focusing in, pointing almost its attention into physical reality causing sort of like that pressure change that would maybe in effect like 
be the way his soul incarnates and focuses through that time. Or something like that. I have a question about time. Yeah. Yeah. For you. So do you believe that because I'm saying that like our galaxy or where we're at in our galaxy is beginning to pass through this sort of photon belt where this acceleration of the photons causes this uh, speeding up of time and evolutionary advancements even as we enter um, such a new age. But there's also the idea... (laughs) I don't believe that. Time is appearing as if it speeds up because every day extends our awareness of how long every other day was or shortens it you say if you were born one day that one day was your whole life but if you were born two days then that one day was half your life does time just keep getting shorter and shorter because of that or do you feel like it's getting quicker at all I know that time does not exist and that all that is a program and a construct in order to make sense of an artificial environment, which is what we're in. But what is artificial and what is natural? Well, artificial is something that is uh, not of our nature. And that's what I mean by artificial. So I think that it's all an elaborate ruse, essentially. And when I say ruse, I don't mean ruse uh, to trick, um, but ruse to obscure. Obscure what? Yeah, obscure. Interesting. So time to me is, um, I want to say lie, but it really isn't a lie because a lie is is, um, a deception and it is real in this reality, but this reality is unnatural to our nature and so therefore artificial and unreal. Because, but then all these things that I'm talking about is relative. Time is relative. Exactly. My point. It's all relative. This is an artificial environment that we exist in. And all of these constructs and things that we have made up, made up in order to have the experience that we are having. They all play a role and they all play a function and they're all only necessary on this stage. Interesting. See, I somewhat disagree. Mm -hmm. I think that that's sort of what this integration, I guess, of our higher dimensional perspective is sort of all about as seen to this 
you know, lens of perhaps an ascension of, to return into, you know, that which we truly are. Um, a recognition of our disconnected density. It's like we had to feel disconnected. Mm-hmm. That's the illusion is that we weren't you know, a part of, and what this sort, what that sort of cosmic shredder thing idea is about. It's like we couldn't create anything of this density without that forgetfulness. But as we are becoming aware um, of that connection, we sort of bring it in into this time-space reality in such a way as to make our it's like an equal and opposite sort of thing as you know our our 3D selves are becoming divine and our divine aspects are becoming 3D they're getting to sort of witness the uh, this density for the first time I think that's almost that's exactly like why what I just said. <laughs> we feel such a lack of help sometimes mm. and like why we even like because like everything that could exist does exist and so does the future but higher dimensional reality perspective couldn't tell us what exactly our experience of it would be because we're we're the ones that are creating like they wouldn't know what our experience of it would look like in such a way until we sort of integrate that more into and as we are we're getting more of an awareness of like the future and our multiple timelines I think that's just what I just said. So, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I think we agree. Well, I just feel like, you know, sometimes we get caught in this sort of like, oh, well, you know, it's not real or like the whatever. It's like there's that's real not what I said. That's not what I said. I'm, that's not what I said. I'm saying that that it is it's real in this reality because it's necessary and our consciousness is focused here. Um, But outside of that, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I'm just really speaking for myself because I do, you know, I have this sort of idea of like everything happening for a reason. Everything's perfect. You know, like, you know, what is, is meant to be type of thing, but I'm in this sort of integration of my own perspective of realizing like, you know, on some level, yes, and it all does work out in order for it to be experienced because time is sort of like that loop. But at the same time, there are, you know, mistakes and there are, you know, terrible things that are unjust and that need to be righted that we are, you know, working towards and... And that's a value judgment, but that's a slightly separate thing because all things can exist in this reality. That's why it's so dense. So Mm -hmm. um, 
placing a value judgment on you know we're not I'm not talking about bypassing and saying that everything happens for a reason I never say that ever I do that's what things I'm just saying yeah things do happen there are injustices all of that is part of the fabric it's all part of it and it is part of the experience outside of this experience does that those kinds of um contrasts exist i have no idea none and i wouldn't know being in this ex- in this um construct i wouldn't know Well, it's right. entirely possible that the, the, the contrast still exists outside. I kind of implied it earlier mm-hmm. in my um, thinking, you know, of genetic material sort of being like this filter through which our experiences are chosen. Um, as like a soul contract of some sort. So I was just speaking to, you know, something that I'm trying to reconcile in my own integration, I suppose. Because it is very much like a, algorithm, I guess. Very much so. Wow. Yeah, and I think I'm even like maybe speaking to this sort of feeling of abandonment, perhaps, you know, like if I am to carry on a faith of anything beyond what I know physically, then it's almost to feel that and... like i know that it that a broader intelligence does exist because i can see it and access it but i don't it's like i'm the one who has to put the words to it and maybe that's why i can't always find the words because i can't reconcile them myself mm. what I'm experiencing. But <laughs> um, I was just giving you some time to, you know. Yeah, of course. And, mm-hmm. you know, a part of that, I do believe that a blemish is not something that we hide. 
mm-hmm. it is something that makes the uh, broader becoming more beautiful. When you say blemish, what do you mean? Just pain and the stick. Okay. Our bearing witness to the density of disconnection and injustice. Okay, that was a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I uh, I'm really. This is my first uh, little thing, and <laughs> we never uh, go there. I guess. In no conversation. No, we don't. I'm not. Uh... And I'm not. I'm. I I'm sure that there are listeners who are who totally resonate and get everything that you're saying <laughs> because it's 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 a feeling language right it's something that you are experiencing um uh it, through sensory right um through experience it's a, it's an experiential um knowledge right um and in order to have somebody else share your experience of this knowledge that you're becoming aware of that is transforming within you that is you know that you're becoming uh conscious of you have to now take this experience uh words these experience this experience vocabulary and translate it into words and sounds in a vocabulary and then transmit it without the feeling experiential aspects of it and so somebody else listening say like me um who's just listening to the words and not tuning in to uh, the other aspects of the transmission, right, would be very caught up on the vocabulary. And they might have an idea or some sort of idea, and then, but, you know, it may not necessarily make sense. It may not resonate because what you're trying to do is cram a whole bunch of um not spoken language into a spoken language. It's what I think sometimes light language is. When people speak light mm-hmm. language, they create a sound, but the sound sometimes sounds like words that are part of the vocabulary in, you know, that are part of our human vocabulary, and then sometimes they don't. And so they use their entire body to create a vibrational frequency that matches the experience that they're having 
and creates a sound in it to generate this language. And so somebody listening to it thinks, okay, that's just um, a bunch of hookie wookie, basically. They don't <laughs> know what that is, right? And then somebody who... I love that, hookie wookie. Hookie wookie, right? Great word, I'm right? Woo woo, I'm hookie wookie. Yeah, hookie wookie. <laughs> so that's, you know, some hookie wookie. But if they tune into the vibe I, and I love that word the vibration that she's creating with the sounds I'm thinking about someone specifically that I know that, that, that that's her process that creates the sounds right the vibrational frequency that she generates in her body to create the sound to transmit the information you get it you totally know what it is that she's saying because you feel it in your body because a light language is an entirely different language that is not necessarily supposed to be spoken with a mouth and a tongue and some lips, right? Right. But she has a mouth and tongue and lips. And so therefore, in order to communicate in a... Uh, in the, the 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 human that she is, right? To the other human, she creates sound, not just with her mouth and tongue and lips, but with her whole body, to try and get as accurate a vibrational match mm-hmm. to what she's experiencing, and so you feel it. Because when people experience light language, when somebody is speaking to them in light language and they are, they are not a, a, a speaker of light language themselves, empathic, right? They mm-hmm. feel it. They feel the message. They know exactly what is being said to them. So it's the same it. sort of thing, I think, with you, right? Because you're having this experiential epiphanies, right? downloads knowledge awareness you know mm-hmm. that you you have this restriction of trying to find vibrational matches in a language mm-hmm. and then transmit it to somebody else like the other like- person like me or somebody listening totally misses the vibrational experience of it. And so it's disconnected and remote and hard to fathom (laughs) and hard to grasp. But there are some that will get it. I feel like It's like our, well, I mean, my duty, you know, is like to find, that's like what art is, isn't it? Like finding a medium through through which to express your intention Mm -hmm. or emotional perspective. 
but I love the idea of I kind of practice a little bit like the light language and like to what extent can I feel something and you know project that into someone else with sound or even say like a touch like what could be communicated you know to what extent mm-hmm. like telling someone the most wonderful news they've ever heard in their life using words or using not words almost feel that like with a good energy reader or like say someone has tarot cards and they you know it's like the cards they pull of course are going to be relevant but the message that they're like the perspective they're able to you know lay out for someone like brings them to tears like without fail and having that you know conviction of knowing that for someone else to such an extent that you're able to communicate it and it's beautiful Mm. and there are uh, so many different languages spoken on this planet not just spoken but in use there is the language of plants there is the language between single cell organisms and multicellular organisms there is Ooh. and back to know, the plants and, <laughs> back to the, and plants. the technology like yeah it, there are so that stuff through images and mm-hmm. You know, All of humans. that is, it's <laughs> communication. It's, it's, it's a language. And it's finding the right medium, the right, un, the universal translator, essentially, to understanding how it all. And it almost even seems like the you know the exact words or even medium like may not even matter as much as just like the conviction in the knowing conviction in the knowing the humor you know someone knows that they're funny it doesn't matter what they say like they just like deliver this you know nonsense in such a way that it knocks you off your off your chair with laughter But I don't understand what humor is, so that <laughs> analogy doesn't exactly translate for me. I don't know what funny is. You never had someone make you laugh so hard? Yeah, but I don't know what that is. You know what's funny? Laughter is this energy that... I don't think... I think you've said you've never done like psychedelics. No, I haven't. 
sometimes someone will say something that's like not that funny so you'll like choose not to laugh at it and because you didn't acknowledge it it's like the the um the 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 energy gathers somehow and like other people's awareness of that sort of thing and it it gains momentum and then before you know it it's like you bounce it off of each other to the extent that you just it bursts open and someone and then you cannot stop laughing it's like this weird experience I have no idea what that is an experience on psychedelics yeah okay like passing around an emotional energy and it's kind of like when you're on a trampoline and you double jump someone you ever had that happen nope you're jumping on a trampoline and you catch someone someone's momentum at just the right time so that whenever they hit the trampoline i mean they bounce high i've never never bounced on a trampoline with another soul trampolines yeah nope never i have a personal trampoline and nobody's getting on there with me well if you ever get the opportunity to jump on a large trampoline with another person you're usually jumping an alternating sort of bump, bump, bump. But whenever, as you go to land, you sort of hold back your weight a little bit so that you catch it right before they hit the trampoline. So then you bounce them right as they hit it, and uh, you'll send them flying, and it's exhilarating. Like you, you send them your bounce. And you can do the same thing with uh, laughter on psychedelics. Okay, that sounds really dangerous, and I'm sure that they will not try that. It's not, <laughs> that it's is not, exactly the reason that. why I will not get on a trampoline with another human being again, <sighs> because I will break my ass. Somebody will bounce, 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 and send me their bounce, and I will bounce right off of the damn trampoline onto my fingers, which would be broken. So it's so sad being an adult and not having. Trampolines. I wouldn't trust a single trampoline in someone's I have a trampoline. I have a trampoline in my living room, which I sometimes decide that I want to jump on it. Um, Sometimes. But nobody else jumps on my trampoline when (laughs) I'm on a trampoline. It's not safe. There are some health and safety risks that I'm sure that you know, I can probably ascribe. Have proper insurance. Yes. And padding around for when I fall off of the trampoline. I think it's a trust issue. I'm just... (laughs) comes back to I'm just not I, I don't trust anybody enough to go on a trampoline with them oh I wouldn't either I would never unless I had like a harness or it was in like a place you know they have like playgrounds indoor sort of trampoline gyms mm-hmm. I might do that but yeah in someone's yard I've seen 
too many things go wrong. I really am. And then you're talking to me and you're telling me to go. And I I'm not telling you to do that. Absolutely not. No, I'm saying if you ever got the chance to be like indoors in a harness, you know, with another person on a trampoline that was big enough, then totally experiment with that momentum, that double jumping thing. Um, because it's, it's wild. You know, to interact with the physical world in such a way. Mm. I'm trying to think if there's something you could do with water that does that, but I don't think that there is. No. Trampolines are risk. They're crazy how our emotions they're dangerous. are subject to that sort of gravitational thing. And, you know, I feel like being aware, like introducing more awareness into your body, it, it changes the pressure somehow, like increases that sort of, that vortex action, like especially when you're aware of your breath, you like generate energy somehow. And yeah, something about being physically focused. We can withhold or introduce awareness and that sort of there's this interplay of the the pressure on a mental emotional physical level it's electric boogie woogie woogie <laughs> it's over shit yeah boogie woogie um, I'm still kind of like processing my um my my uh now apparent to me trust issues oh, and, no. fail, <laughs> and fail trampolines. <laughs> we'll do that in another episode. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't jump on any trampoline. I mean, maybe like one of those small exercise ones in you know a living room. I would do it alone, but. You know, people don't take, people have trampolines in their yard and they leave them there outside for years. And children fall through them and God knows. And you're giving me more reasons not to They're death traps. Trampolines. No. Yeah, you're you should be very cautious with trampolines. Absolutely. Not to trust trampolines. I am an advocate for trampoline um, safety. Distress. Uh, yeah. Management. Not getting on a trampoline as an adult. And it's sad because, you know, it's so fun when you're small, but we need, I'm also an advocate for adult trampoline parks and safe environments over foam pits and stuff like that. I'm having so much anxiety. I'm I think we're gonna leave it there tonight. I think we're gonna have to leave it there tonight because I can't oh, seem to get get past projecting me falling and breaking my tiny in a trampoline. I keep getting visions of it. Someone posted in um, one of the groups the other day about their back pain um, stemming from a lack of trust in oneself and it weirdly resonated um 
so it would be you know interesting maybe explore that introduce a trampoline <laughs> no <laughs> acquiring such back pain no i do not have via. back pain uh, i do not have back pain my back your back feels wonderful my back does not hurt relaxed mine feels better it's funny because i saw that post and that was like the first day that i had not had back pain in years like I actually um, yeah feel amazing no tension I need a cup of tea <laughs> I need it yeah like Jesus I'm so sorry I think I ruined the whole thing we can redo this and, another, and I will not like lose my mind in density <laughs> all the things we could have talked about and I just like and we ended on me breaking my ass on a trampoline you not, no you'll be, fine. you'll be fine your bones are bouncy while you're still alive oh thanks that's, they're that's mostly collagen thing, yeah actually. just go limp you'll bounce yeah <laughs> I feel like it's already uh, happened designed to destroy see stay off that trampoline don't ever get one get on one again i have one in my living room i'm never going to use again (laughs) never going to use again i have one oh my god we're so so ridiculous we are so ridiculous you and me ridiculous is in prone to uh all the ridicule i can yes yes absolutely yeah This was fun. I'm glad you think so. (laughs) My first uh, podcast episode. um, This is why I've not started one. (laughs) But I'm glad you you enjoyed it. I'm so happy. You should. You should start. uh, That this worked out for you. I think you should start a podcast. (laughs) I think that... You definitely should um, record your uh, stuff on Instagram and I upload it onto a YouTube channel. Yeah, and upload it to a YouTube channel and have people check it out. Yes, if anyone would like to see my ridiculousness live on IGTV, it's psychosomagic, psychosomatic, but with a G instead of a T and add a K at the end. Um, yeah, and I put poetry on psychosomagic.com. It's the same, but without a K. And then on Facebook, I make an even bigger fool of myself with absolute nonsense. And that's psychosomagic, but with just a K, no C at the end. I'm just trying to secure all the handles. Right. Um, Couple, so yeah. No one else messes with my brand you know absolutely got it and once i'm <laughs> done absolutely decimating it i can sell it to someone so that's a plan just kidding all right well thank you so much for this opportunity i will be sure to watch some star wars yes some star wars and some star trek the series and some star trek 
And um, lovely having you, as always. We go deep. Honored. <laughs> we go deep. Too deep. I need a lifeguard, a life vest, and a snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely going to have you on again. An oxygen then, tank. Yeah. That, the redemption episode. That sounds wonderful. We're going to talk about, uh, the next time we're on, we're going to talk about your experience with the Fae. And yeah. And I had such a lovely experience with Faye today. I should have just talked about that the whole time. That would have been such a better episode. It was, it was perfect. This episode was perfect. What needed to be said <sighs> in this Saturn-Jupiter conjunction, the starting of the new age, uh, winter returns. solstice <laughs> episode. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end this. I'm I'm hanging up. I'm hanging Hang up. up. Hang it up. Okay, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye. Thanks right, for listening, now. guys. Have a great bye-bye. one. Okay, bye bye. All right.